Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Well, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to the Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for March 28th, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening via podcast, come on over to our website at lockinyoursuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, inyoursuccess.com. Get your free reports, Seven Secrets to Becoming a Successful Trader. Join our free community and connect with over 300 talented traders and stay informed by joining our mailing list. And if you want to take your trading up a notch, you can try some of our community coaching or enriching sessions. Lots of great information there as well. Uh, while you're there, check out our trading programs. We have uh, the super simple spread trades. We have the M3, the bearish butterfly, the rock, the M21. And of course, we have our APM squared program, which is about uh, personal management as well as uh, more advanced trade management to help you become a better trader. Also, uh, we have our master class series, which is uh, 64 online presentations. So in this update, we're going to cover four of the trades from various trading systems that we have uh, available. First is we're going to take a look at a bearish butterfly, an M3, uh, Rock, and a V Condor. More information about those trades specifically can be found at our website, again, at lockinyoursuccess.com. As far as announcements, for those of you who are uh, have purchased the APM Squared program, uh, the APM Squared Trading Group on Wednesday, I will be presenting there. Uh, it's March 30th at noontime. We're going to be talking a little bit about the M21 trade setup in this uh, in this type of environment. So that will be a lot of fun there. That'll be a great thing. Also, coming on April 1st, we have what we call uh, an affirmations challenge. We had a great webinar uh, for the enriching session with uh, Raymond Joseph. He talked about fear and trading and a lot of good information with that. One of the things that came up was was affirmations. So we decided to come in and create an affirmations challenge. If you want to get involved with that, you can come on over to our website. I'll drag, drag it up here. If you go to lockingyoursuccess.com, Click under freebies and more, a 30-day affirmation challenge. Uh, there's, there's information on that here. It begins the first uh, on Friday, April 1st. And this is how you sign up. 
And again, this is something that's free to uh, our members here. And I don't know if Sherry, do you have anything you'd like to add on this? They just they just need to be a member of the Lock Options community to to join. So, and we'll be start posting the affirmations on April first. Great, great. We also have some helpful tips on how to do affirmations properly because most people do not do them properly, which is why they do not get results when they're when they're doing affirmations. And also, some people say, well, I just don't think it's needed. I'm, I'm relatively successful as I am. And, you know, think about that for a minute. And think about how much more successful you could be if you actually had the right thoughts going through your mind. So um, you can really step up your game with, with properly uh, dealing with affirmations. So a great, uh, great thing there. So back to our PowerPoint slide. That'll be getting April 1st. Also, we have our next community coaching session Wednesday, April um, 6th at 9 p.m. So if you're in our community coaching program, then make sure you're available for that. Also, our next enriching session is going to be talking about boosting your trading results through proper backtesting, where we have a lot of people who sometimes don't understand why their live trading results might not might not match their back trading and uh, various other topics revolving around back trading with execution and how do you know, you know things are going right and all this other stuff. So uh, we decided to put together a program. This is going to be at least two parts, uh, I'm sure, because we're not going to be able to finish the uh, in an hour. So we'll do part one of it uh, on Wednesday, April 13th as an enriching session and then We'll pick a date for, for the next uh, whatever we have left to uh, to go over. So this is an extremely, extremely important or a session for you guys to attend, especially if you are uh, struggling with your trading and even if you're doing well with your trading because it's a way to get even better. So I uh, highly recommend that session. So that'll be a lot of fun. And, of course, we have the Trading Triangle. If you'd like to sign up for that, then, uh, then the link is here so that you can come in and uh, join us. This is going to be a really great event, and we're lo really looking forward to it. We are less than 90 days away, so it's going to be a lot of fun there. All right, so let's take a look at what's going on with the market. And I have a comment here first from somebody. It says, uh, Len, which is, uh, which, who, who is uh, I'm assuming is Len from OptionView, is working on... A Thinkorswim integration, and after that he'll be he'll be working dramatically on improving the UVUX. All right, thank you for that um, the update, Philip, and we'll be looking forward to that. A better toss integration with uh, OptionView would be quite nice. So, very good, thank you. So last week in the markets, we were thinking I was bearish for the week, and I had been for the last couple of weeks that the market would probably finally drop out a little bit. And we did get a bit of a, of a drop last week. Not as much as what I would like to have, but I'm looking at the charting now, and one of the things I tend to look at is patterns. What has the market done in the past? And if we look at the SPX, this whole area here from the end of December to today is extremely similar to the time frame from about the first part of August into the first part of November. We had a very significant down move of about the same point range. This down move in August was a little more aggressive than the last one, but it's very similar in scope and not that different in magnitude. We had then had a bounce 
in the middle here, formed a double bottom, took off to the upside, completed a price pattern, ran sideways and crashed again. So um, this being the case, I, I tend to think that patterns repeat, tend to repeat themselves at least a couple times. So my best uh, thoughts going forward on what's happening here is this is a fairly bullish candle, especially if you look at some of the other indices. At uh, It's not really on a support level here at the SPX, but on some of the other indices it is. It's on a very short-term support level. If you looked at a 60-day chart, you'd see it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to get some sort of a upside reaction off of that. But following that, I would expect the market to continue down and be down for the week. Again, patterns don't always repeat themselves, but they, uh, a good amount of the time that they do. And this looks, looks very, very familiar from, uh, from the last range. Generally, what's going to happen is the pattern will start to even out a little bit. So we may get a drop off. It probably won't be as aggressive this, as this one, but it'll probably come down, run into some sort of a sideways range and have another drop off at some point. But those are my thoughts on the market. From a technical standpoint, if you're a pure chartist, this is still bullish. And um, you know, same thing if we run to the Russell. This here is still, it's still a bullish chart, right? So we have essentially a flag pattern. This is actually a failed, well, I guess it's not quite failed yet. If we come in here, it's a failed, uh, it's a flag pattern breakout. You get something like that, right? We break out of it typically or theoretically what you should get is, a, is another move about the size of 50, 50 or so points off of this breakout, which would be, which would have been, you know, put us way up in here somewhere. Of course, the Russell was so overextended, it wouldn't be likely it would happen. Plus the other indices were overextended, so that wasn't very likely either. But still relatively bullish chart patterns. And if you look at the other indices, it's pretty much the same thing, relatively bullish chart patterns. However, on the bigger scale of things, we are extremely overextended, and we're not in an uptrending bull market anymore. If we're an uptrending bull market, then I would, of course, we could transition back into one, but um, if we were an uptrending bull market, I'd be more concerned with it taking off. I think at the most, or the very best, that the Russell's going to do, uh, that the market in general is going to do the upside, is that we come up and retest these highs again in the SPX. I think that's probably the, the strongest it's going to be, at least short term. Longer term, things may change, but um, for the week, that's all I would expect to the upside. That may bring the Russell to 1,100 again, maybe slightly higher uh, if that were to happen. I don't think that's even going to happen. I would, I'd be surprised, but, you know, the market's going to do what the market's going to do. And, um, and then I would uh, expect, like I said, a move of a magnitude somewhere around what we got in, after this move here. So this was, say, 1,200 to, it's about a 60-point down move. I'd expect a 60-point from the top, which just puts us pretty much at our 1035 support level. We'll probably get a bounce off of there, run sideways a little bit. So that's my, that's my thoughts of where the market in general is probably going to lead. I think, at the, like I said, at the strongest, I would expect 1,100 or so. Um, so... For for those people who are on M21, which Andrew is, he's asking if the rut did reset. And yes, the Russell, as far as, you know, one of the things we do is we, we 
you know, we measure how far the rustle goes in a certain amount of time, and we say, well, it'll probably only go this far. Did it reset? And it probably won't go any further until the index resets somehow. In other words, it resets either through a down move or through a period of time. This has certainly reset from a sideways move sideways. So as far as from a maximum run standpoint, um, yeah, we, we, we did officially reset here, and it could go higher. That said, we're also, we're not just looking at the Russell, we're also looking at some of the other indices here. And the SPX has not, as far as I'm concerned, right? The SPX and some of these other indices are, are, are clearly overextended, and they're not, um, certainly the, the, the Dow hasn't reset. So if you're doing maximum runs on the, on the, on the, uh, on the Dow Jones and the SPX, they haven't. And it's not likely... It's possible, like I said, the market's going to do what the market's going to do. It's possible that the Russell takes off without the support of, uh, of the Russell, of the um, S&P and the NASDAQ or, or the Dow. It's possible, but it's not very likely. So for that reason, I'm thinking it's more likely we run sideways, and if we do get an up move, it's going to be very limited in scope. So those are my... Again, that, that's my thought on that. So let's take a look at where our trades are. And I do that, I need to bring option view up. All right, so this is back at Monday. Of course, we had a shortened week last week on the M3 trade. This is what we looked like as of the last update. We had butterflies at 1050. We had four 1050, 1060 verticals, six 1050, 1070s. Nice looking M3 position, really. Uh, we are coming past our maximum delta number here outside the tent, right? So when we get near the long strike, generally we like to limit it to around minus 50 on a position this size. So I'll just show the whole position here. Just did some verticals, did four 1060, 1070s, brought us in line. And this is a really nice looking trade here. So that's what we had with the M3, and let's see, did we do any other adjustments with that? I don't think so. No, we did not. That was So that was the only adjustment for the week on the April M3, and if we take a look at Friday, actually not Friday, but Thursday, because that was the last trading day, we are, even with the pullback we had, we're slightly positive delta, which I don't like. I mean, from a from a technical analysis or trader or market opinion standpoint, doing that last adjustment I did not like, uh, partially because I, you know I was I was flat I was bearish on the market. I was pretty clear about that. So generally, if I'm if everything's overextended and I'm really bearish on the market, I might have that in my rule system somehow stated that you know maybe I don't want to do this. But again, in the program, we're completely ignoring the technical analysis part of this. So this is where we uh, we ended up. So nice, it's still a nice looking trade. Should the market back down, we'll do our, uh, you know, we'll back down with our adjustments. But uh, as of right now, everything is looking good here. If we take a look quickly at the T-log, that was the latest adjustment on Monday. And that's all we have there. Of course, we started this trade back at 980, so we've had to roll up quite a bit. 980 to 1060, that's... that's um, no, 980 to 1050, that's 70 points of uh, roll-up in the short strike. That's, uh, that's a big market move. All right, let's go to 
Uh, any idea of, of the exit day? Okay, so the exit day on this here, there's really no reason to, from a trade standpoint, there's really no reason to do uh, anything you know, other than a profit target exit at this point. The trade was never really drawn down for the whole thing. Uh, so, so yeah, we're just, essentially the plan here is just to hold it until uh, either we come into expiration or uh, or here. I mean, generally, and you know, maybe we should put this in the rule system, uh, I'm perfectly happy to take a 5% gain if I'm in the week of expiration. There's no there's no shame in that. Uh, if, this, if the trade goes that long to, to pull it off. As far as the rule set goes, uh, there's only two reasons that we're, well, I don't, I'm trying to remember exactly how things are worded in the program itself. But um, let me just talk more practically. I, with the market overextended the way that it is and the types of movements we're, go, we're getting, I don't like to be in expiration in general. So 5%-ish, 2500 up, I'm perfectly happy to pull this trade and move on. Um, or if we're looking at, you know, one of the things we look at is how, what does 30 points, a 30 point move to us, do to us? If, um, if I get too much of a drawdown on a 30 point move, then, you know, I'm, again, and I can't fix it by uh, doing some sort of gamma control uh, thing and keep my T plus zero line flat, then, then that's another reason to exit. So those two conditions live would, would have me exit the trade. Uh, that said, we'll just follow the guidelines here and, and keep going. Um, let's see. Could I, could I roll the 1,000 puts up to get better downside in April M3? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to make me... This is, again, this is trader choice. Something I'll certainly do as we're coming into expiration. You can take a lot of capital out of the trade just by bringing this up, right? It doesn't make a huge difference as far as the drawdown from the down move. It doesn't make a whole lot of, I mean, unless we have a complete market meltdown, right, where we come down in the 900s. Uh, in that case, it's going to make a difference. But for the first 30 points or so, it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. So... Um, you can do that. I generally won't take the cost in execution or commissions to do that unless unless I, I need to. For, unless I have a purpose of doing it, uh, and you know, for me, that's not enough of a reason at this point. So, but it's certainly something that can be done. Uh, all right. So, uh, Rick Wise just says Cindy's presentation. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The twenty-one points to the downside rule. What about the thirty-point rule? Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you watch Cindy's presentation on successful options trader, she talked about she has a 21-point downside rule, um, and that's her, her trading style. In other words, she, she only wants a certain amount of drawdown for 21 points. Uh, I, tend to, I tend to use 30, so there's really no difference than uh, what she's saying, what I'm saying, only I'm allowing a little bit more room. And generally what, I'm, what I typically say is I want to be able to go 30 points without exceeding a number that I call my absolute maximum loss, which is a, a number that's actually a little bit more than my trade maximum loss. And that may equate to what Cindy has for 21 days where she, or 21 points, where she allows a 21-point down move without exceeding her regular maximum loss. So um, we talk about absolute maximum losses in the APM Square program.
by the way. So the concept of that. So it's a little bit it's a little bit different. And we again, this is this is a, the type of stuff. A lot of times we go over with uh, APM squared these types of questions. So that is uh, that's that trade. If we go into let's see, what else do we have here? We have the uh, V Condor for April, which as you know was not doing particularly well, but let's take a look at where we stand now. If we come into V Condor, there were actually no adjustments in this trade, no need. Uh, it, it was not up $1,400, and that is because we lost an option in option view. So let me go back to Friday, and we will bring this forward again, and hopefully our option will be back. Then we'll get a proper profit and loss number here. Uh, there it is. Let's fill in the missing information. This has made quite an improvement. You remember it was down 2,500 or around 5%. And um, this little bit of a down move, sideways movement here put us back in uh, the range of almost neutral here. This is what the position currently looks like. Should the market drop down, this is going to be a lost trade uh, and stay there. It's going to be a lost trade more than likely. Um, it's not positioned well. If the market does what I think it's going to do, it's going to probably take some sort of a loss this month. If the market has happened to stay up here, though, and grind up, or if we start putting in some pretty good positive delta here and we take this V out, then we can certainly uh, possibly make more money here. Another thing we want to watch is our delta-theta ratio, which really isn't a problem right now, but that may cause us to do a roll-up. As I was saying before, you know, had we hit the delta-theta numbers to roll this trade up, it would be much more likely it would be profitable. This here isn't doing anything for us anymore. If we were to do that roll-up, we'd probably have our short strikes up at around 990, and we would have rolled these a little bit higher. But, uh, but that didn't happen, so didn't quite hit that uh, hit the numbers there. But anyway, that is the V-Trade for April. Uh, let's see here. Let's just move on to our next trade. I have a question, but I'm going to answer it when we get to Bearish Butterfly because it uh, revolves around that. Uh, all right, so April Rock Trade. Let's go back to Monday. If you remember, the April rock trade was entered as an M3 trade because of the uh, entry test. This position here was 1040 butterflies with, sorry, I'm about bouncing that around. Uh, the option view has this annoying habit sometimes of when you click it moves. But uh, all right, so I had 1040 butterflies with six 1040 1050s, four 1040 1060s, same we're 10 points back from the M3 trade, but uh, same situation here. We are slightly over our delta number here for um, to make an adjustment. So we went in here and actually did the same adjustment almost. We did four 1050, 1060s, right? Brought this in so that we have two shorts at 1050s, eight shorts at 1060s, brought our delta down to minus 38. And looking at a position like this, again, fine-looking M3 position. And moving forward here, there were no further adjustments in this trade either. So if we come to Thursday, right, so this position is up almost $500, and we have a nice minus 40 delta, a nice Vega number. 
and we're looking like this coming into the weekend. I like the trade, so uh, so things are looking good here. The following uh, trades here are going to be in May because that's all we have. We do not have an April bearish butterfly open. So let's look at our V Condor in May, which was put on, which we showed you last week. Our, uh, let's see here, May V Condor. This trade had no adjustments. Let's see if we can get all the options here on the screen. It's not always a, a it's a, sometimes a challenge. This is where the options are positioned. That is the T log on entry. And I'll show you the analyze page. So, so no adjustments here. That's, uh, that's looking good. We'll see how big of a pull down we get to the downside. See if things are going to be problematic. But as of right now, we could probably withstand a move down to 1060 without an issue. After that, we're probably going to have to start making adjustments. So that is that. When we also have, uh, let's see, our bearish butterfly entry on Thursday. I do like the entry, again, being bearish in general on the markets. <clears throat> let's, um, let's take a look at that trade here. Again, Friday was the technical entry date, but I decided to go ahead and do it on Thursday. We could also have done it today, um, but I just wanted to get it going. So I came in here, put on 1050, put butterflies. I think I was saying earlier I like this, uh, this a lot more last week. It was a really nice entry uh, point, but this week is pretty good too. Here is what the position looks like. No problem here on the, if we move down to 1035, so no issues at all, no adjustments. Of course, if we move up first, then that's probably even better in this case because we're probably close to topped out in the markets. And um, so that's our entry there. Uh, the question with the bearish butterfly was, I understand the bearish butterfly does not perform well in the bullish market. Uh, it is not a market neutral strategy like other strategies. Uh, I would um, argue with that. The bearish butterfly often performs very well in bullish markets, depending on how it hits the market cycle. Uh, so if you're doing it straight by the guidelines, 56 days to expiration in a bullish market, you need to watch entering the trade at support levels. Generally, you're very good if you enter the trade near overextensions and um, when the trade's market's a little overextended. So, for example, uh, 2013, which is the most bullish year that we've had in, in history as far as I know, uh, especially from a point value standpoint, is definitely the most bullish year in history then one of the things that happened in 2013 is nearly every single time, 56 days to expiration, we're at the bottom of a large up move. So we have poor pricing in the butterflies, we have poor market skews, we enter the trade and you know, right at the bottom of the market and then it just blows, it just, the market just goes up, right? In which case that's not the best scenario for a bearish delta trade. The bearish butterflies actually, the people who actually uh, modified their day's entry, a lot of them did very, very well. We had some really good stellar bearish butterfly um, trades in, in, in 2013 with, with modified entries. It was a difference from maybe breaking even for the year to making you know, well over 100% for the year, and that was in a bullish market. So it can work well in a bullish market. Um, if the market cycles had happened to be a little bit different, where 56 days was near the top of the 
of a resistance point, you would have worked out really well in a bullish market. And certainly if you took market some market technicals into consideration, could have done well. So it's capable of doing extremely well in a, um, in, a, in a bullish market, but it's not necessarily going to do well. And anyway, that's just talking about that trade. I just got to note that it looks like it's a bullish market skew here on these. Um, yeah, I would say for the volatility level, I mean, we're peeking out on our butterfly here back at um, almost 30 points under, right? So there's nothing particularly bullish about that. Price is, uh, you know, if, if we had a really high volatility level, that could be bullish, right? So we're looking at where, the, where we peak out on a T plus zero line relative to what the volatility level is. And I also take a look at where I am on the trend, but um, a... a um, a 980 butterfly, or, or almost a $10 butterfly, is normal. I think it's slightly high for what it should be. But of course, we entered on a day when the market was pretty flat, and we talk about how when the market's flat, they're more expensive. So we entered on a relatively flat market day. That's going to give us a more expensive pricing. It's going to give us a little bit higher delta than normal, maybe. Um, so I kind of contributed to that rather than the fact that um, that maybe it's bullish. I mean, our T plus zero line is still relatively far back for where we are, so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, anyway, that is the bearish butterfly for May on our entry. And, of course, we had an entry of our, our May M3, and this is going to be our last trade here. Uh, again, we had relatively flat delta, on the trade. Remember standard M3, we're going to have, you know, entering with 10 lots, we're going to have around minus 90 delta. We didn't quite have that much. So I ended up putting an extra two butterflies in here. So I did 12 butterflies at 1050, the same level we did them with the uh, bearish butterfly. I added one call here at 930. Came out with a trade that looks like this. Nice flat expiration line. Slightly negative delta. We got some downside room. This is a really, really nice setup for um, for May uh, M3 trade. So um, that's all I can say. I really liked it. Let's look at the T log. That's our entry T log for the May M3, and our entry T log for bearish butterfly. And that is all we have for positions, I believe. And if there are no further questions, which it doesn't look like there are, uh, we will wrap it up for today. Thank you, everybody. Make sure you um, join our affirmations contest, and we will see you next week. <laughs>